you, you don't feel like you need to splurge on this one day because it's not like for the next week you're not allowed to have sugar again you know it's like get by giving yourself that chance to eat it and normalize it yeah it doesn't put it on a pedestal for you Hi, I'm Claire Goodwin and this is the PCOS Nutritionist Podcast. I have PCOS too and I know how hard it can be to get the help you need. So I bring together my expertise as a registered nutritionist and exercise scientist, together with other experts I trust and people with real life lived experience of PCOS to help you get the information you need to make a real difference to your symptoms. The holiday season can be so much fun, but sometimes with that fun comes a little bit of anxiety or struggle to maintain health habits or just not to come out the other end of the holiday season around New Year feeling absolutely gross. So this podcast is here to help you with maintaining that elusive balance during the holidays. And I can assure you it's not elusive. There are some really easy strategies that you can implement this year to help you get through that and feel really good on the other side and have not missed out on anything at all. So today, Emma, who's one of my senior nutritionists in the team here, and I talk about some of the tools and techniques and strategies that we use to maintain balance over the holiday season, enjoy the things that matter to us, but also keep in place some health-related activities that also make us feel really good and mean that we come out the other end of the holiday season feeling exactly the same as what we went in, if not better. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and let us know if you've got any other things that we didn't cover today that you really need help with. Send us a DM on Instagram or send us an email at hello at thepcosnutritionist.com and we'll look forward to hearing from you. So today we're talking about the five things that you can do to prepare today for the holiday season. So things you can actually implement right now rather than having to wait for the day, like wait for Thanksgiving or Christmas Day, but actually things you can do now to prepare. So uh, both of us, I think, have, I mean, I think that everybody struggles a bit over the holiday season, just like striving for that elusive balance. And it's something that we have struggled with in the past and certainly probably still, you know, are learning ways of managing this. And these are things that we have personally implemented over the last few years that we've found really helpful. And, you know, to, to cut the kind of the, the learning curve short for you, we wanted to share about what we think you can do today to really start implementing these and hopefully come out of the holiday season feeling really good, still having had an amazing time and, you know, eating all the things you want, do all the things you want with your friends and family, but not feel completely disgusting by the end of it, right? Like it's that that dreaded feeling of those days between like Christmas and New Year where you just feel so yuck. And I think that why this is so important is because it also then stops those real rebound reactions in January where you're looking for these um, extreme diet changes and things like that, that because you're feeling so awful that you end up falling into these traps of doing these extreme diets because you like, you kind of feel like you need something to really kick you back into gear. Whereas 
if you can maintain a lot more of like an 80-20 during that holiday season. Even 70-30 yeah. was fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That you then don't feel that need to um, or you are less vulnerable and getting caught up in these really uh, restrictive diets and things like that. You You don't feel like you need to seek out that kind of magic bullet to make you feel better again come New Year. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You're not being like, right, now I'm going to do keto for the next, you know, like or I'm going to be, you know, or you set yourself these like really unachievable goals. Like I'm not eating sugar at all this year, which is just so unachievable for 99.9% of the population. So first thing is, um, I think probably more, this is, this would be more me, but when feeling out of control around food at, on the holiday season. So especially the days like around like Thanksgiving, if you're in the North or for us, probably Christmas day where you just feel that like, for me, it was that I felt like I really had to eat everything um, I wanted on the day because I was never going to get it again. Um, that and, was me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so, and that came from a whole year of keeping those foods as prized forbidden fruits when, you know, for Christmas day, you know, you don't eat pav on any other day than Christmas day. So, and by pav, Emmeline's <laughs> pavlova, the, um, the national dessert of New Zealand. Not Australia. Exactly. <laughs> You damn Aussies. Um, but it's like a, if you're not familiar, it is a large meringue. <laughs> Dollop in a hefty amount of cream. cream. Topped with often chocolate and maybe some. Oh, yeah, yeah, a good chocolate flake. Yeah, chocolate oh, chocolate flake. Yeah. Maybe some berries. If you're like back in the 80s, probably kiwi fruit slices. Canned uh, peaches. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, really like very, very, um, just goes hand in hand with. A New Zealand Christmas and I'm sure that you know wherever you are you have these same things like you know if it's in the US it's pie uh, and um yeah Christmas pudding yeah yeah, yeah chocolate definitely Christmas chocolates and things like that yeah and I think it's that yeah I think what you were going towards there Claire is like we think about or like fantasize or like only allow ourselves to have these things even if they do come out mid-year you're like oh no 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 that's that's something for Christmas or Christmas is the one day where I'm gonna like let down my guard and let down my rules and then um yeah you just feel out of control around food because all of a sudden those rules are gone and you don't really know how to cope in that environment yeah exactly and I mean the it's not necessarily I think the problem is that with this, what it led from, to for me was then feeling like the next day I had to restrict food or starve or skip meals to kind of because I had eaten so much the day before or I, I ate so much to the point of feeling overfull that I just didn't feel good. Like I just felt yuck. And so then the rest of the day is kind of tarnished by this feeling of like overstuffedness. And then potentially as well if you're – more prone to kind of binge eating or disordered eating, um, then what might come with that is feelings of like real guilt and self-loathing, which obviously is going to tarnish the rest of the day as well. And so that's, um, I think that's a really common, a common occurrence for a lot of people. And so what you can do today to start working towards that is really starting to incorporate some of these foods. It doesn't have to be the food that like, you don't have to go and make pecan pie or pavlova, Mm -hmm. but it's just, 
allowing yourself to have those forbidden foods that you might be setting yourselves rules around, like I can't have any sugar. And it's like, well, why not? Who says? Actually, I could maybe like once or twice a week or three times a week, whatever that is. Um, you know, we generally talk about 80% and 20% being those meals that you can have what you normally wouldn't have. And so that might be like three meals a week. And so you might decide that if you're going out for dinner, actually I am going to order apple crumble or apple pie, or I am going to have that sticky date pudding. Um, when previously you would have, that never would have been allowed to happen. But consequently on the flip side of that is by um, restricting that and not allowing yourself to have it is that you then might end up really binging or overeating when you do have it. Completely. Yeah. And I think as well, it just kind of like, yeah, it gives you that kind of like taster of sugar. It, it normalizes it. It totally takes away the like sparkle and the sheen or like the excitement of it um, because it's a bit more normalized or a bit more, like you say, it's, you don't feel like you need to splurge on this one day because it's not like for the next week you're not allowed to have sugar again, you know. Mm. It's like get, by giving yourself that chance to eat it and normalize it, yeah, it doesn't put it on a pedestal for you. Yeah. And so that's something that you can start to do today. So think about this week and say, right, what are the like three meals this week that I'm actually going to plan to eat the foods that I otherwise ban myself from having or that I have maybe created some rules around that I'm like not having. Um, maybe it's that you, it might not be sugar for you. It might be more the like carbs or you might've said that you're not, that you can never have bread or you can never have like uh, fries or something like that. And you go, hold on, like, where have I, where have I internalized this and is it actually and I actually am allowed to eat those foods 80% of the time sorry 20% of the time (laughs) you know like given that the rest of my like diet is actually really good for the other 80% so that's something that I think can be really powerful and if you um if you do really suffer from the feelings of feeling out of control around food another really good thing to do is start to practice um mindful eating which is a bit of a buzzword but really what we mean there is really taking notice of what you are eating like actually putting your knife down between bites to really enjoy what's in your mouth as opposed to eating it as fast as possible and I know this is something that you have had to do oh my god I used to be an inhaler of food which is like I don't know where it came from I think I mean I think it came from the fact that I'm one of four girls and if you didn't inhale your food, um, you wouldn't be able to get seconds if that's what you wanted. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like a competition speed thing ingrained in me. I've really had to learn it this year, really had to, like, stop and chew my food. The other thing as well, I think, in terms of mindfulness, I've really had to do is, like, I would, like, I, I hate dead time. I hate dead time. And so I would, if I was eating, I would have the TV playing in the background so that I could get, a wee bit further through my show so that I could get to bed earlier or I would put a podcast on because I just wanted to be learning or just consuming the whole time. And even though, you know, the podcast was the stepping stone away from TV because I was like, oh, but I'm not looking at anything. I'm looking at my food. But it's like it's still a sensory deprivation thing and it stops you from being really mindful on like the taste and the chewing. And yeah, so I think that's one thing that I've really had to work on is slowing down and being more mindful and just 
I think we did some training earlier this year and um, one of the things that we did was like understanding how to eat a chocolate properly and it was kind of mind-blowing for me and I still to this day try to do it but it was like rather than inhaling the chocolate and kind of before you even think about the fact that you finished it like you yeah you haven't tasted it you haven't really smelt it anything like that you um you kind of like pick it up have a look at the chocolate like have a look at the wrapper how it's in your hand kind of feel the weight of it really like analyze it and then once you've kind of opened the packet if it's like a single packet chocolate have a smell of it have a look at it are there textures are there ridges like really like see and feel the chocolate and then once you've kind of gotten through that you've smelt it um then pop it like take a tiny bite and pop it in your mouth and then just let it sit on your tongue and feel how it melts feel how it tastes if you move it around your tongue does it like taste different in different parts um and then when you chew slowly see like how the flavor might change um and yeah try and chew that chocolate for at least 20 seconds or have it sitting in your mouth for 20 seconds and before you swallow it because yeah one thing that I mean, it should be very obvious, but I hadn't clicked until I heard it laid out in front of me in this lesson was you can't taste something once you've swallowed it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, what is the point in inhaling the food? Because all the flavor and all the enjoyment happens in your mouth as well. So it's like, why do we numb out our senses with TV, with podcasts, with other things when, or eat too quickly when we want food for enjoyment, we really want to experience that. And then not only does the enjoyment come from the food and actually recognizing the flavors and things like that, but we take longer to do that. We take longer to chew. Therefore, we feel fuller earlier and we kind of avoid that risk of unintentionally overeating. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. What have you noticed like going through that this year? I mean, it's it's not all smooth sailing, right? Like it's not all smooth sailing. (laughs) It takes a really long time to undo some of these habits and – like it sounds so obvious being like, well, of course, why wouldn't we want to really taste our food? But um, to actually undo that is really hard. I think, I think the funniest one for me is like, I'm not a massive chocolate eater, but if I do eat it, I, or like anything else sweet, like say I have a dessert or something like that. I think the, I eat those foods quicker. And I think it's because I kind of want to like eat them and forget that I've even had them, you know, like maybe there's like some sort of like subconscious, like guilt around those foods. And it's like, well, if I eat them quicker, then it kind of didn't happen. Or I don't know, something like that, that those foods, like I sometimes still, I'm like, I really have to think about like really stopping and enjoying, especially those like 20% kind of foods and be like, this is your 20% stop, slow down and enjoy it. Um, But as well, like I'm, I love other Oh, I love all my 80% food as well. I'm a big, like, fruit and veg person. So, like, still, I want to really enjoy the flavors of that. Like, we've come into asparagus season now. And, like, I, the other day, like, like Claire said, it's not all smooth sailing. And I did, I had, I've been at home alone this week. I had a podcast on while I was eating and I finished my dinner and I was like, I don't even remember what that tasted like. Like, mm. genuinely didn't. And I probably did overeat because I ate too quickly. But, so yeah, lately I've been like, I love asparagus, stop and enjoy it and do the same taste thing that you've been practicing with things like chocolate or other things with those foods as well. And so I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like you said, it's not smooth sailing. And I, like I said, even this week, I haven't practiced every meal, but 
I definitely am doing it more. And I think that's the key thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. I think sometimes like incorporating for me, I think what was what I know, and I definitely don't do this all the time. I think like lunches at work I'm particularly bad at. But I think we both just inhaled it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I was just thinking that and being like we we did not practice what we were preaching here about no. like an hour ago. But um one thing that I just keep, you know, like trying to implement is putting my fork down between yeah. mouthfuls. And I think that that like sets up can be such an easy like trigger to stop and actually think about it and enjoy because the action of just putting it down and then having to pick it back up means that you are so much more likely to take more time and actually enjoy it. I think as well, one thing that I've been doing too is about halfway through my meal when I've gotten over that, maybe I got a wee bit hungry before dinner and I did want to like focus on eating for a wee bit about halfway when that initial hunger kind of stops. I put my um, knife and fork down and I just sit and breathe for like even just like a minute or 40 seconds or something like that. And then I'm like, okay, how do I feel about this? How does my tummy feel? Okay. Yeah. I still need to continue eating. I definitely haven't eaten enough now. And then I keep going and then I kind of do it again. And yeah, I think that's been just stopping mid meal has been a big thing for me as well. And then I kind of get a chance to recheck myself. I might've sped up towards the end of the first half of eating that meal. And so I've like reset myself to slow down again. So that's definitely one thing I've been doing. Yeah. I think the other like big elephant in the room here is, um, as well when you're when you know for me in the past when I felt out of control around food it's generally because I have like skipped a meal or starved myself as well to because I kind of know that or like I'm consciously thinking about calories or eating less and I think that's probably a big one as well is just <laughs> is is just realizing that we're way more likely to overeat and therefore not take the time to actually enjoy meal feel awful afterwards if we've like like intentionally or maybe even unintentionally but skipped a meal prior and and the reason for that is that our blood sugar drops really significantly if we haven't eaten um or if we've had you know like maybe a history of the last couple of days have been sort of a similar thing like kind of binging and then restricting um really sets our blood sugar off on a roller coaster and that makes it near impossible for us to use self-control to stop that because our body is driving us to go and find food and lots of it and especially high sugar high fat food to bring our blood sugar back up so in those times none of these tricks will really work because your body will kind of be driving you to go and seek out those foods and especially if you have something like binge eating disorder as well where um then those feelings of guilt and shame might kick in or the Maybe the the binge is um, really sort of like relaxing for you in that moment as almost a hypnotic state, then you're not going to have to use any of these techniques during that moment. So really, if that's you, then you really have to not restrict those other meals. Yeah, and I think I think the key thing is as well is if you do feel like um, when you get to a meal, you just feel too hungry that going slow just isn't enough then maybe have a look and see well when did I last eat and and how much protein or fat was in that meal prior have I been eating enough protein have I been eating enough protein 
regularly and I think that would be like an actionable step that you could put into place as well is what can I do now to reduce that intensity of hunger before meals um, so that I don't feel the need to kind of again blow out or um, eat too quickly not be able to practice my mindful eating because I have left it too long or I've let myself get too hungry or my blood sugar get too unstable so I think that's where your protein protein um, or fat at and regular meals um, not skipping meals those sort of satiety um, nutrients fat and protein and then having those things more regularly helps us not to get feel too hungry or too starved so that you know our body is driving driving the way that we're eating and and doing something like a mindful eating practice is just like unconceivable yeah yeah exactly I um I had a conversation with a patient um recently and she's sort of going through this at the moment we're um trying to trying to eat sort of more regularly and incorporate more of these forbidden foods that she's otherwise previously not allowed herself and therefore then ended up really binging. And she um, she was talking about it and she's made some massive headway. I'm so proud of her. And then, but still it's really hard for her to get over the mindset that if she's going to have like takeaways that she has to like compensate for that restrict prior. So I think she was... Um, she was doing really well, got up, had her breakfast, which was amazing. But then she was like, oh, so I ordered my pasta, my favorite focaccia for dinner um, from Uber Eats. And that's what I really wanted. So I didn't have lunch. And I was like, okay, that's, and I said, well, do you think that you ate more at dinner or felt more out of control at dinner because you didn't have lunch? And she was like, yeah. And it's so hard. It is so ingrained. It takes a long time to get out of that mindset, especially if this has been ingrained in you for like a long time that again, like don't expect that it's going to be smooth sailing. But the more that you now start preparing and like hearing these implement this stuff now that you you get out of that kind of, you realize when you're restricting and going, no, actually this is not helpful. Like by skipping meals, thinking that I'm kind of saving calories I'm actually just going to end up setting yourself up. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit of failure around some totally. of those meals that you, yeah, um, we really want to enjoy those foods. Yeah, I think that's a really great one um, to think about what what's coming up between now and Thanksgiving or Christmas events that you might have might have been thinking. Okay, well, I've got this big dinner or big barbecue on this night, so I probably won't. I'll probably have an apple for lunch that day or something like that. Have a think about these days now where we can put that into practice and have, okay, no, actually I'm going to have a can of tuna or a couple of boiled eggs or some sushi or something like that um, for lunch so that actually when I get to that barbecue, I'm not hyper-focused on the food or or feel out of control about the food. I'm there for the social reasons, which is the real reason I'm there. Mm. Yeah, I think it really, that's a... Um, a, a really good way to start this now is is saying to yourself, okay, well, what I am going to have is I'm going to, I'm not going to starve myself for that, say, lunch prior. Instead, I'm going to have some salad with, as you said, some eggs or some tuna. Um, especially if you're still really trying to get over that kind of calorie fear, then 
you know, like you're still eating lots of vegetables, good and some good proteins. It's not actually super high in calorie. Um, so you don't feel like you're completely doubling up on calories that day. But just try that and then observe how you feel at that meal, at that next meal. Do you feel out of control or do you actually feel like I can enjoy this? I can have what I want, but I can actually really enjoy it instead of shoveling it in and then feeling awful afterwards. So it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think um, one of the other things that we've kind of thought about that or that we've done for sure um, in the lead up to Christmas and making us feel a bit more prepared around those kind of food events is why not practice like a recipe now that you want to use um, on Christmas Day or want to do. And so it kind of that way create like takes away that real um, forbidden fruit aspect of that um you get to practice it so you feel like things might go haywire on the day or the day before which it often does it often does um (laughs) and and as well like yeah you get to pick a recipe that you're really looking forward to you've really wanted to try you might have seen it in a magazine on instagram and being like man that looks good um but i won't make that till christmas why Mm. not practice making it now try it make sure that when you do try it at home, you, you know, you again set yourself up to really enjoy the dessert or the meal um, that you want to make. And then when it comes around to Christmas, it won't seem like, you know, the apple and the tree and the garden of Eden, Mm -hmm. like it is, it will just be any other apple on any other tree because you've had it before. Yeah. And that goes as well for conversely, if you're, if you family events aren't don't normally contain any sort of of the healthier food and actually you want to start changing that by going cool I'm like I'm really happy to eat some of the other foods that we normally have so I don't know say it's like um, macaroni and cheese and you know like you know that generally what your family cooks is pretty um, yeah is, is pretty like stodgy kind of food and you're actually like I actually want to introduce some vegetables like we just don't have that many vegetables in our meals then you can be like cool I'm going to be the one that changes that and I'm going to therefore be the one that brings it and I'm going to bring some like really yummy roast baby carrots on a bit of like tahini with some pomegranate seeds or something and everyone is going to go oh my god wow what is this? What have you done? Everyone will want it. Um, but yeah, at least you know that you're bringing some veg and something that you're going to feel really confident and happy about having on your plate. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's that. And also too, I think that when you, as you get into this um, kind of more eating that 80, 20, you'll really crave those foods. And then you'll be like, I actually really want that to make up like, you know, sort of half my plate or so. And then, yeah, I want to have the like macaroni cheese or the like roasted potatoes, but like I know that I just feel super um, uncomfortable if I eat heaps of those. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it might be that you choose to make the like sweet thing prior, but also might be that you choose to make the healthy vegetable thing prior and then take that with you. Or the same thing goes if you've if you've um, recently chosen any kind of like any dietary things that um, you know your family doesn't necessarily like cater to. Again, it's like, well, I just need to you know take this myself. Otherwise, I won't be catered for. So that's a really good thing to think. So that's three. So we've started off the. First thing was the feeling out of control around food, um, which is then start to um, do the mindful eating, like start to um, think about that. 
Secondly, um, start your 80-20 now. Start actually incorporating in some of those maybe foods that you might be restricting. And then thirdly, um, trying some recipes now that you can take whatever that is that you're trying to incorporate into the meal, whether that be like more vegetables or like a sweet thing so that it then is not such a forbidden fruit when it comes to the day. Okay. Fourth thing would be, this is this is one that I see really often and, and and probably the biggest, when it, when I ask people what their biggest fears around the holiday season is, it's gaining weight. Yeah. Especially with PCOS and especially in my history as well, is like feeling like, you know, you're so healthy, you do so much, and then you go, like holiday season rolls around, and you really don't even feel like you have indulged that much, and suddenly like your body is just gaining weight and you don't feel like you have any control over it. And it's an awful feeling. It's, I think it's the worst feeling to feel out of control. I think that's probably what most people struggle with is feeling like no matter what I do, it doesn't matter. Like I try and eat healthy. I try and do all these things and still it doesn't matter. And when it, what it comes down to, what I've noticed with myself and with working with many patients around this is that most of the time why this happens is that we're actually eating quite little like in terms of calorie wise. And so when, when you're eating less, so it takes about 20, a 20% increase in what you're eating to gain weight approximately. Um, I'll just use that figure for now. And so if you are eating like 1200 calories, then your 20% is going to be only 240 calories. So you'd only have to eat 240 calories more to gain weight. Now, 240 calories is not much. 240 calories is would be the equivalent of one glass of wine and like one medium-sized glass of wine and a small handful of crisps would be an extra, you know, like, so it, when you're going into holiday season, like you could be eating far less than everybody else, but still 20% more than what you were eating. And so therefore your body um, stores that as extra calories as fat. And it, it feels so unfair because especially when you're seeing all of your friends and family who you're with and what they're eating and that they they might not be like going through the same thing. And it isn't fair. Like it isn't, isn't fair at all. So, but what your body is just doing is that it is storing those extra calories. And so this, what I would recommend doing is starting now to start to increase your calories slowly so that you get to, um, a much higher, what we call maintenance calories. So where you're eating a lot more, but your body weight is staying the same. Now this can be, it's not necessarily super simple and it can take a bit of, um, a bit of fine tuning to get this right. So if you need help, reach out to us, um, come and work with us in the PCS protocol or one-on-one, whatever works for you. But I would really recommend starting to increase your calories slowly so that you're, and, and it is totally possible. So for every patient that I've worked with, um, we've seen that I can we can increase their calories up to you know eighteen hundred or two thousand calories easily, if not two thousand three hundred, two thousand four hundred in many cases, without them gaining weight and without them then or um, and therefore them being able to eat that amount without gaining weight. And so that means that if you're up at like more like two thousand calories, then you can get away with. 2,400, 500 without your body gaining weight because 20% of 2,000 is 
400. So your um, and so 400 calories is quite like it's it's a good amount to be able to eat, and especially if you already can eat 2,000. Now 2,400 is actually a lot of people really struggle to eat that amount in a day. So you're much more able to maintain your weight over the holiday season if you are actually eating more in the lead up. And that's, I know it can be hard, really hard to get your mind around, but oh my goodness, it makes such a difference. And talking, you know, talking from experience now, like I, it is so easy to maintain my weight and that has never been the case previously. So I can tell you from personal experience and from working with patients that this is such a game changer. It's a game changer. I, I've definitely applied the reversing principle to myself over the last wee while and yeah, just the flexibility that I have. I think I used to like every event that would come up would be like, it would have to be a time point in my brain of like, okay, like I need to prepare or be ready for this event or this thing in life because I was always, yeah, always like, you know, I would make, I'd put one day on a pedestal or something like that and I'd have to either work up to it and then, or something like Christmas say, work up to Christmas that I know because I'm probably going to like gain a bit of weight over that time. Um, I would like extra prepare, which was just not the way to go about it. But now I think because I probably was under eating and then I would overeat over that Christmas time and I would be in that 20% surplus. Um, and I would feel that horrible effect. But I think now, like even just this year, I've really incorporated it. I have so much more food flexibility. I can go out for pizza on here and that doesn't really matter. You know, once, twice a week, I can have, go out for brunch and order pancakes and, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, all those extra things um, go away on vacation and my weight stays really stable, whereas I think previously it never would. I would always know going into a vacation if I was away for two weeks that I'd come out the other side significantly heavier or in my mind heavier than I was. And um, yeah, just knowing that I can go away for two weeks and I come out the other side and I'm no different. If anything, I, yeah, I've created such a better through the, through the reversing um, of calories. I think I've created a way better approach and mindset around food as well. And like, it comes right back to that eating more and being able to eat more, it removes that forbiddenness of kind of that amount of food too. So it's one kind of big, like positive cycle, I guess, in that sense. Um, yeah. Which is nice because we're often dealing in negative cycles when it comes to health. So yeah, exactly. It's nice to be going the other way. Yeah. And I think it's that, that's such an important one because you might be thinking, listening to this and thinking, yeah, right. Clear. Like, but also to, but my goal is like weight loss. So how does that actually help me if I'm actually just maintaining my weight? And I think what you need to think is long-term and go, it, it is definitely possible. If that's your goal is weight loss over the holiday season, then that's totally possible. You, we can, you know, we've definitely worked with many patients who's that's their goal and we can manage that and we can definitely work with that. But generally if you're, if you've been struggling with, like unexplained weight gain, this weight gain that keeps coming on, you don't feel like you have great control over it. Probably like trying intentionally trying to cut your calories and lose weight between now and um and like holiday season is not really going to be the best thing. And also probably you're already eating relatively low calories. So you're gonna to have to cut that by so much in order to see some weight loss. So and oftentimes I'll 
get patients to start to increase their calories over this time because it gives them more food flexibility. They really it's a time that they really enjoy it, and then come the new year, we're ready to start that weight loss phase with them if all is going well in terms of their like mental and physical health as well. Yeah. So, and I think the other key thing to think about with like this reversing as well is like you know this is like a really great way to create food flexibility with when done right can it cannot affect your weight at all either you know you can we can go really slowly on this um but but the key as well is you know getting more energy and feeling like you know your body's functioning for you that you've got enough energy in the tank to use your brain every day to like play with your kids or all of those sorts of things get have a have a cycle um all of those are other like really important reasons to want to do um a reverse as well I think and yeah yeah definitely especially if your periods are completely missing I think that that would be a really really good trial to conduct with yourself and see what happens when you eat more I would say that uh, probably 50 more than 50 percent of patients that I see that have completely lost their period it is at least in part that they are not eating enough, even if they're not like really intentionally trying to lose weight, that they are just not eating enough to signal to their body that it's safe. So that is a, is a really good trial. And this doesn't mean that you'll have to be at low body weight either. Like this can be that you're at a higher body weight and this is still happening because you have been dieting for such a long time too. So, yeah, so that's something that you can start doing this week. Start to like start to just increase how much you're eating. So even if it's just by like a spoonful of dressing on your vegetables or a um, tablespoon of peanut, peanut butter, butter in your smoothie or something like that or, or yeah. to have after dinner, you know, that's enough to start by one week and then maybe the next week you might have both of those things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the last thing is – um is around exercise so for me in the past I would have been really worried about missing a day of exercise and the um the negative effect of this was potentially missing out on really good family activities or those that you could do together in order to because I didn't deem them enough exercise so if the family was going for a walk or playing a game but I didn't deem that as like enough exercise and I would take myself off for a run, which um, is all very well. And that's fine if that's like what, um, you know, you really enjoyed, you know, having some alone time on a day and you just want to take yourself off. That's cool. But I think when it is a feeling of, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's that doing it for, um, because you going for a walk's not going to burn enough calories. Right. And so you need to kind of like do the exercise that you deem is, enough and that is um yeah I think that that's a a, can be quite a common one and so really for me it was and what you could start to do so if if this sounds or rings true for you then maybe starting to incorporate now where or think about where you might have rules around that so thinking about the weekend do you have rules around that you have to go and do a certain form of exercise in the weekend and are you potentially foregoing time with friends or family or other things to do that exercise when um, you could otherwise go and do something with them, even if it is active, like going for a walk or going a bike for a bike ride or enjoying that. Is it 
is it a rule that you've put in place for yourself that needs to go? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like you said, if it's something that you genuinely enjoy or you do need, you know, to get out of a stuffy house um, and go and do something for yourself, that is absolutely fine. But yeah, don't, don't do it in a way that don't bully yourself into doing it. If it's something that you don't really want to do, or if it's not for the right reasons, um, because rest is so important and, you know, it's only a couple of days over that Christmas period and a couple of days of rest in a year is, is incredible and so important. And maybe, maybe you choose to prioritize sleep during that time. And rather than getting up at 6am, you get up at 8am and you enjoy those couple of extra hours of sleep and rest and give your body the recovery from the year that's been, you know, it's been it's the last two years that have been, that have been pretty wacky and wild. So, yeah. yeah. But also conversely, I think that if you, yours is the family that sits around and watches movies all day on Christmas or just like eats the whole time and you feel like you end up feeling awful because you've not moved, then and you really struggle with exercise. Exercise is not something you find comes naturally then maybe starting to think about finding activities that you can do that are enjoyable. Um, and maybe you can rally your family. Yeah, well. definitely. Get them in kind of like involved. Or if they're not, then that's cool. But it doesn't have to be everybody. Like mm-hmm. it might just be a couple of you or a small group of you that want to kind of like do this. Because I think that that like shared – um, speaking from my family experience anyway, and, and we're a little bit different being in New Zealand that it is summer. And so it is just, you're, you're naturally just a lot more active because it's not snowing and it's not like super cold. It is often quite hot. And so it is much easier to get everyone out and go for it, like a walk or a, like playing a game. Yeah. 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 Rounders was like a big one for us. Um, and so everyone then is naturally it, it is so fun, so hilarious, especially, um, you know, when, like, granddad, like, gets in and, like, you know, pitches the ball and stuff like that. You know, it's just so funny to see different, like, generations of your family getting involved in the same um, in the same game, and, and it's super cool. So if that's something that your family doesn't naturally do, but you, you know, challenge yourself to think about ways that you could go and do that to get more enjoyment out of the day as well. And, and start a dance party or yeah. something. Yeah. Something you could do inside as well. Or I've noticed maybe even if you're in the Northern hemisphere and something like ice skating is something that you wanted to do or pick, you know, snowshoeing, snow all of those kind of fun activities. Um, yeah. yeah. Even if it's just a game of like, you know, like, um, Oh, throwing snowballs, you know, or yeah. doing something like that, that, you know, making the most of the environment that you've got, and really like embracing that and enjoying that as opposed to, I think what, what where it can go wrong is where you try to do something that's not conducive to your environment. Like you don't have the right gear. So if yeah. you, you know, it was really cold and you don't have good jackets, then yeah, you're not going to enjoy it. Whereas actually if you like prepare for it, dress for it, think about it ahead and go, yep, this is something that we're going to like start to incorporate as a tradition. Especially if you find that the sitting around really contributes to those feelings of like just sort of that self-loathing kind of feelings that can often set in there and especially if they go on that goes on for many days as well so that would be a like a really good thing to do if you're not on the kind of over exercise you're more on the like struggling to exercise or feeling like really just flat from not getting out of the house or not doing not moving your body that can be a really important one yeah I think 
one my one of my favorite things to do when I had a Christmas in the northern or no, like a Christmas time over in the northern hemisphere um during the winter time was going out and looking at all the pretty lights like walking around and seeing mm. all the like lights and houses and things like that even after dinner or something it's really nice um thing to do so yeah when I was in the UK at Christmas time, um, we would like plan a ramble, which is a very UK term for going out for a walk, like mm-hmm. after. And we're sort of like, you know, we might go like call into the pub for a beer, you know, like just mm-hmm. to see, you know, just to be a bit social and kind of catch up with some friends. Or we would um, like have a bit of a moving dinner. So we'd start like at one person's house for lunch and then we'd sort of like walk across town to um the next person's house for like dessert and that was really fun as well or like jump on the um the Barclays bikes and yeah bike over there which was so fun and Mm. just especially because there's hardly any traffic on the road and you feel a bit like free because you know like yeah 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 it's it's really fun so thinking of things like that that you can do that really like contribute to the day and having like in your enjoyment with friends and family not negatively take away where you might be like forcing yourself to exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all about like making those memories and it's like, you don't remember all of the early morning runs you did because you forced yourself to go out there, but you do remember the games of cricket that Mm -hmm. you had with your family or um, funny moments. Yeah. That you saw your granddad kind of fail at bowling or something like that. Building their longest slip and slide. Yeah. um yeah watching everyone kind of career off the side of that and I was definitely pool volleyball and oh yeah <laughs> fun yeah good times cool so that was the kind of the main things that we thought this I mean there's so many things we really just wanted to focus on things that we've had experience with because it's just so much more authentic when you've tried things from personal experience had that personal experience yourself and so those are really the things that we think have been really helpful for us. And just to, just to recap, um, the things that you can start to do now, like really start to implement for going forward is, I don't think you have to do all of them. Pick out the things that you feel are more relevant to you. So you might not resonate with overeating at, um, at Christmas or at Thanksgiving. You might feel, in fact, like that's just not you at all. That's fine. You don't have to feel like this is you or you might be listening to us and being like I just don't really crave sweet food so that's not a big deal for me cool what is it though like uh, is there something else that I mean you, you're obviously listening to this podcast for a reason you've obviously thought yeah actually that holiday season that does I do struggle a little bit so what is it might be might not be anything that we've mentioned here so instead think about what is it that you struggle with in holiday season and therefore what could you do to implement today to start to prepare for that which I mean it's not that you're just starting it for the holiday season then it's going to be over like a lot of these things are really eye-opening to then see why you do them because I mean if you're a perfectionist and you're like trying to eat healthy all of the time and not allowing yourself any like treat foods that isn't just going to become an issue during holiday season it's going to become an issue through the entire year so but it what by focusing on it now over holiday season, it's going to mean that come the like new year, instead of falling into these traps of then going, right, well, I'm, I feel awful. So I'm going to now do like two months of, um, you know, keto diet. Then you're actually, instead you're going to go, actually, yeah, you know what, that eating 20% of my meals a week, like actually eating like what I would normally consider not healthy food really helped me. I'm going to keep doing this. And 
lo and behold, actually some of my symptoms are actually improving because I'm not having these wild swings between like what I'm, what I'm eating and what I'm not. Yeah. So I think some of the like takeaway things that we could definitely do is what we're talking about, practicing some of that mindful eating, kind of getting used to slowing down, putting your fork um, and knife down on the table before taking your next meal um, and just really practicing tasting that food Start um, using some of your, start incorporating 80, 20% into your life now. Start trying some of those forbidden fruits and trying to get rid of that kind of pedestal that you've put them on. Um, Slow down, um, practice slowing down a wee bit now. Practice having a few days of rest so that when you come to having rest over Christmas, if um, if you're a big exerciser and you struggle with the feeling of not exercising, Um, practice having some rest now and really um, do some mindful work around um, what what it is that um, is driving you to do that exercise and if you're doing it for the right reasons and then yeah on the flip side um, how can you incorporate some movement into your day um, if you haven't if you if that's not something that is typically done during Christmas and you want to start to incorporate that um Start to slowly increase your calories from now, that reversing up so that you've got more of that food flexibility and maybe practice and research some of those recipes that you want to do before Christmas. Um, So it takes away that forbidden fruit feeling and also um, gets you feeling more confident around making those meals. And yeah, Yeah. Yeah. especially if there's like, if it's not necessarily the forbidden fruit, but it's more the fact that your family doesn't you know, like incorporate a lot of vegetables or something like that, and you're wanting to do that, then you can be the one that brings them. Now stand by for our disclaimer. The information contained in this podcast has been prepared for the purpose of providing information, including about the PCOS nutritionist products and services, and is designed to support clients' overall wellness. It is not intended to provide medical advice or designed to rectify, treat, or cure any specific medical conditions or diseases. Nothing stated or shared in our podcast is intended to be and must not be taken to be medical advice. Please seek the advice of professionals as appropriate regarding the evaluation of any specific information, opinion, advice or content contained in our podcast.